It is my joy to welcome you to today's podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will minister to you in a special way during our time together. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this uh, incredible time when we can just consecrate this time to listen to your word, to understand and to have a heart that will obey what you have speaking to us. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will take the words and bring it live, bring it alive to our hearts, Lord. Anoint your servant this morning. Bless the word in Jesus' name. Amen. A very happy Father's Day to all the fathers, the grandfathers, the spiritual fathers. It's a special day. And I want you to know, fathers, you work very hard. You try to give your best to your family. And many times you don't even get a word of appreciation from your wife or your children. There are times. I mean, wives expect appreciation. The curry is good or, you know, she looks good. But the fathers kind of go on doing their job, sometimes not even getting a word of appreciation or thank you. If, you, if you're sitting beside your, your husband, the father of your kids, just put your hand on his hand and say, hey, at least today I'm going to say thank you. I say thank you. Now just make sure he didn't faint, that's all. <laughs> not many will know the sacrifice you make because you love your family. Not many know the pain you have to go through and the stress you have to endure at your office or the pressure just to provide and to protect your family. So today at New Life Assembly, we commend you fathers. You're a good father. He is a good, good father. You are a good father and we commend you. I want to mention a quote of uh, Dr. Billy Graham. And it's mentioned in our bulletin today. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. All right. Shall we read it one more time? Every one of us reading? Here we go. A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. If you are blessed by a godly father, make it a point that you tell it to him today. Tell him you are a good father. They need to hear that. They need to hear that. Many times fathers will come and they will kind of beat themselves and say, you know, I, I don't think if I'm a good father. I don't think if I'm making the impact. I don't think if I'm doing everything I need to. Someone has rightly said, a boy loves his mother but he follows his father. A boy loves his mother, but he follows his father. I want to speak with you fathers on the legacy of a godly father. The legacy of a godly father. Proverbs 13 and verse 12, uh, 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A good person, a good father, leaves an inheritance to his children's children. How many good fathers in the house today? One, two, three, four. Okay, there are a few. Second Corinthians 14, verse, uh, 12, verse 14. 
the second part after all children should not have to save up for their parents but parents for their children parents need to save up for the children as an individual all of us have an earthly father none of us are virgin born we have an earthly father somebody was responsible for us coming into the planet and some of us have spiritual fathers we are a byproduct of our earthly father the question is what did you receive from your father most of us have received something from our earthly father so i'm speaking today to all the fathers as a godly father you will leave a legacy to your children and to your grandchildren a legacy is something that is handed down to another generation so you need to ask yourself what sort of legacy am i leaving behind what sort of legacy fathers have the capacity to leave a powerful legacy a loving and wise father makes a powerful difference in his child's life legacy is not confined to a will or an inheritance in fact it goes much more it is much more substantial than money or jewelry or property the legacy a father leaves with his kids has to do with love support wisdom character faith what will you be remembered for fathers i want to speak with you three things every father should plan to leave to their kids three things every father should plan to leave to their children and grandchildren number one you should leave an inheritance we read the scripture a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children you know when my kids were really small i think they were like four or five or something one of the boys came to me he was quite fascinated with few things and he said daddy when you die i want all your ties i said oh okay that's quite a quite a <laughs> statement the other fellow who didn't want to be left behind so he came up and said daddy when you die i'm taking all your colognes so i have a confession to make all my colognes and ties are already taken it's gone my boys have claimed it the rest of the stuff i have to write it as an inheritance have you planned to leave an inheritance for your children now what is an inheritance it speaks about your earthly possession your material wealth your business your money your land your shares your houses your gold and diamond jewelry your fixed deposits your vehicles when a father writes his will he clearly mentions to whom his earthly wealth should go to he would generally leave most of his earthly wealth to his wife or to his children or grandchildren genesis 25 verse 5 and 6 abraham left everything he owned to isaac abraham left everything he owned to isaac but while he was still living he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son isaac to the land of the east he left all his wealth to isaac i heard the story uh, at the end of a wedding the bride's father approached the groom and said son i received your last minute whatsapp message uh, uh, requesting me for a wedding gift i found it rather strange but i had to fulfill your wish regardless so here is a packet of four underwears you had asked for 
a packet of four underwears. And the young man was shocked. He looked at this message, went through the WhatsApp, and drew and behold, and he said, oh, stupid autocorrect. He had asked for a Ford Endeavor. <laughs> that vehicle that you see on the screen. But the auto, <laughs> autocorrect, instead of Ford Endeavor, it typed four underwears. Parents, have you written a will? I encourage every parent to write one. And especially if you're part of our Caleb's generation. If you have retired, if you are 60 plus, oh, by the way, you can write a will if you're 50 plus or 40 plus or 30 plus. You have a wife, you have kids, you have a job, you have things to leave behind. You should write a will. Some people have an emotional, uncomfortable feeling. They say, you know, if I write a will, it's like I'm going to die next week. So I'm not, I'm not going to write it. I'm going to wait. Please don't do that. If you write a will, you will not die next week. It's okay, right? Uh, a will means you have planned and prepared for the family you love. How many children have gone to courts how many children have to go to get legal heir certificate? I remember the story of a family. You know, the father died and left a lot of money in the bank. The wife could not go to the bank and get it because she had to prove she was his wife. She had to get some certificates. The children cannot take the father's property. They have to prove you're the legal heir. Nobody else is there. And they have to get a no objection from all the other siblings. Right? A will. A will has to be in writing in most cases. It should be signed in the presence of two witnesses. I know elderly parents who have a lot of wealth and property who have not written a will. They have so much of land, so much of property, they have not written a will and almost is like you got one foot in the grave. You know you'll go any moment. Do you know how much of property goes to the government and to the banks? because we have not been wise. There is so much of money. In fact, I heard a bank in Tiruvalla, Kerala, where there are thousands of crores of rupees unclaimed. In fact, I want to show you a picture. 19,567 crores left unclaimed in bank walls this year. Children do not even know parents have left it. Please, please, please. Write a will. I also want to say this with, this with a pinch of salt. If you have raised your children and grandchildren and they refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ and they refuse to walk in godly ways, they're rebellious, they're ungodly, please do not give everything away to be squandered to be spent on prostitutes and sinful lifestyle and un un ungodliness. You can always please give it to charity, give it to God's work, give it to ministry. Don't let all your life's earning be spent with irresponsible, ungodly, sinful, wild children. You must leave something, but don't let all your earnings of a godly life be left so your children can just 
waste. If they do not know the value of the wealth, they will not learn to respect it when they get it. I heard that Bill Gates had given a lot of money to charity. He wants his children to know the value of earning it. I'm sure he will leave something to the kids, but not everything. So you and your wife need to sit and pray and find out. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven too with some of the wealth. Please don't let it go unclaimed, involved, sitting for hundreds of years. Number two, you, you should leave a blessing. First, you should leave an inheritance. Number two, you should leave a blessing. Parental blessing has a lot of value. And you'll find this in the Bible. Hebrews 11, verse 20 and 21. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. We know the story of Isaac's, Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. You remember in Genesis 27, verse 1, when Isaac was old and his eyes were very, so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. I want you to know in the Bible days, there was a lot of value placed for parental blessing, for father's blessing. In fact, in the olden days, people would rather fight for the father's blessing than for father's money. Times have changed. Today's children don't care for parents' blessing. They want the dabu. They want the land. They want the shares. They want the fixed deposits. They want the gold. Listen, the blessing will go far beyond what your parents can leave monetarily. Blessing has a greater value. Amen. Here, Jacob and Esau are fighting to get the father's blessing. If you remember, Jacob, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, was listening to her husband saying these things to the her, and then she called the younger boy and said, hey, listen, let's get uh, a goat and let's slaughter it. Let's make, I know how to make the tasty food that your father, you know, every wife knows how to prepare for the husband, right? She prepared it, put the goat skin on the, and this younger son, put uh, the elder brother's clothing on him. So he goes with the food. And Isaac couldn't see. And he says, listen, it's the voice. It sounds like the voice of the younger brother. But let me come here. And he smelled it. Hmm. It's like the older son's smell. And, and you feel, the hair feels like that. And he ate. Are you truly my son? Yes, yes. And he blessed him. After some time, the elder son comes with the hunting and cooking and bringing and say, Father, here's the food that you love. And the father started shaking and shivering and said, who was the one who came? Who was the one who came and took away all my blessings? Oh, father, please bless me. No, I have already blessed him. And he is blessed forever. He's blessed forever. I'll tell you, there was such 
anger between the two brothers. They wanted to almost kill. Elder brother wanted to kill his younger brother for deceiving him twice. Once of the birthright and second of the blessing. You know the story, right? Blessing. If you look at the story of Jacob, Jacob goes with a blessing. Jacob had just a staff. He did not get wealth from his father. He had only a rod, a staff, when he left his father's house. And he ran away from his brother. But as he went far away, he found himself a house, his uncle's place. He married. He had children. He had flock. He had cattle. He grew. The Bible says God blessed him. God blessed him because his father blessed him. Amen. People of God, remember, you need to go after the Father's blessing. You need to go after the Father's blessing. You may not get a lot of wealth, but if you have the blessing, it will prosper you in every sphere of their life. In Genesis 48, Jacob blesses the sons of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim. If you see the picture, you'll find him laying hands like this. And blessing the two sons. Joseph comes and says, oh, dad, this is my elder son. Put your right hand here. He said, no, 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 no. This is how I want to do it. Because long ago, the younger one was the one who got the blessing. And now I'm going to bless the younger one too with my right hand. And later in chapter 49, you find him blessing, Jacob blessing the 12 sons. Israel was blessing his 12 sons. Before he died, he called each one of them and he prophesied. Read Genesis 39 and 40. I'm sorry, Genesis 49. 50. He blesses them. He of each one of them, he prophesied. He even talked about a Messiah coming through Judah. There was an amount of respect and honor given to our parents. And I want to say this, people, please never dishonor your parents. No matter how old they are. You may not agree with your father or mother. You may not, and you don't have to agree. But you are commanded to honor. If a child was rebellious and doing that in the Old Testament, he was brought before the elders and they stoned him to death. That's how God sees it. Please do not dishonor your father and your mother. Do not abuse your father and mother. Do not curse them. Do not speak ill of them. Honor them. Today people don't realize the value of parental blessing. Blessings are what you see. Health, good family, life, ministry, finances, relationship, businesses. A blessing has the ability to cause you to succeed, to prosper. Words are carriers of blessing. Even if you don't have much of a bank balance, those words that Father has pronounced on you will carry you. The Holy Spirit will release something from heaven into your life. Now, I want you to know uh, the tragedy of today's generation. The tragedy of today's generation is this, that many fathers are dying with blessings still inside of them. They have not spoken. They have not released it upon their children and grandchildren. They go to the grave and never released a blessing. 
So I'm going to urge you. I want you to find a time when you can come before your father. Bring your children and kneel down before your father. Just kneel down. <laughs> Say, Daddy, put your hands on my head. Put your hands on the heads of my kids. And I want you to release a blessing from your heart. Release a blessing from your heart. You know, in South India, we don't find it. But North India, when you go, every time a youngster would go to the father, he would go and first touch his feet. You wanted Ashish. You wanted blessing. In South India, we become too complicated. We do, ah, yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, dad. Hi, pop. Listen, don't do that. There is something ingrained in our Indian culture. Amen? Honor them. Honor them. My father and me, we disagree on many things. <laughs> but I love him. I honor him. I value him. Amen? He's a different generation. He, he would say things differently. But I honor him. He's my father. I didn't choose my father. God chose him for me. I honor him. First thing, you leave an inheritance. Number two, you leave, you should leave a blessing. Number three, you should leave a legacy. A legacy. Legacy not only speaks to the future, it speaks of something beyond you. It will outlast you. It will outlast your life. An inheritance is for this life. But a legacy will keep carrying on and a blessing will keep carrying on to generations to come. Legacy speaks of who you are as a person and the influence you have on your children or spiritual children. is the heart of you as a person. It will reflect your experiences, your walk with God, your passion for God, your passion for holiness, the prayer that you have. It reflects the anointing on your life, the values, the lifestyle, the priorities. It speaks of your heart for missions, your heart to give for missions. It's for, for right things, for righteousness. It speaks about your humility. And remember, your children or your spiritual children are watching you to imitate you. They will follow some of the things of who you are as a person. These things, your legacy is not taught. It is caught. It is caught. One person that had a very deep impact on me in my life, especially in my ministry, was our founding pastor, Pastor Earl Stubbs. He's my spiritual father. 16 years, I worked with him week after week. I would lead the worship he would preach. We did that for 16 years. I have traveled with him to hospitals, to Xerox places, to visiting people, to funerals, to weddings. At times, I would tell him, listen, why don't you give a break to your driver? I will drive for you, and let's go. And I would drive for him, because I was trying to pick on his mind, on his brain. I wanted to hear from him. And today, he's gone to heaven 
14 years ago. A lot of how I think, how I do ministry, a part of it reflects him in the way I do things. If you find me uh, keyboarding my message, I learned it from him. In fact, all my messages, I have the entire script of what I preach. I sit down. My personality, I can go and have a small sheet of paper and I can preach. That's my personality. But by discipline, I've learned to keyboard everything I preach before I stand on the pulpit. Sometimes it means I come to the pulpit. Sometimes I have been on pulpit going to bed for half an hour. I have worked all night. Sometimes one hour, sometimes two hours of sleep. And I have gone and sat. Because he took it so seriously and I take the preaching of the word seriously. Friends, the way he interacted with people, the way he loved people, the way he took a stand on many things, the way he loved people regardless of your financial status or your political or social status. He loved people. His prayer life. The way he did ministry with excellence. A lot of that has rubbed on me in a smaller way. I have a long way to go. But you see, I'm just a young man. I have a long way to go. I've only been a pastor here for 30 years. I have a long way to go. Amen? But a reflection, reflection of that, you catch in your spirit. It's caught by your children, sometimes by your spiritual children. Let me talk about David and Solomon, father and a son. David was a mighty warrior, a sweet singer of Israel, musician, worshiper, known as a man after God's own heart. He had six wives or more and several children, at least 25, 30 kids. He was raised from being a shepherd to a king, from rags to rich story. When he was old and it was time for him to go, he left everything to his son, Solomon. Solomon started out well. He inherited a lot of money, fame, riches, glamour. He was born in a palace. He has seen opulence from infancy. He does not know the days of the struggle of his father. He does not value small beginnings. He doesn't understand struggle or pain or sweat or lack because he grew up with glamour. Though he inherited all of this wealth, he did not follow the Lord as his father did. His father married six times. Solomon had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. Not porcupines, concubines. His wives turned his heart away from the Lord. At some point, a man is obligated to please his wife. And Solomon had a thousand obligations. As he pleased his wife, he displeased the Lord. A wise man he was, he died unwise because of ungodly spouses. I heard Dr. Duke Jeraj preach one day. He said, the person you take to bed will influence your head. How true. The person you take to bed, the person you marry, will influence your head. And Solomon's head was influenced to be ungodly. 
Solomon was not known as a man after God's own heart. In fact, you don't find his name in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to talk about two other people. One is Elijah and Elisha. Now you'll say, Pastor, well, Elisha was not a son to Elijah. True, true. But Elijah was the spiritual father for Elisha, and Elisha was the spiritual son of Elijah. Elijah was a mighty prophet, one of the greatest. He was one of the two prophets that appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, when you read about his miracles, he caused the rain to cease in Israel for three and a half years. He multiplied a widow's grain and oil, raised the widow's son from the dead. He called on fire from heaven on top of Mount Carmel. And he was caught up to heaven in a chariot, in a whirlwind. When it was time for God to take Elijah home, the prophets came to know about it. His spiritual son and disciple, Elisha, kept following him. They went from Gilgal to Bethel, from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho to Jordan. Chapter 2 of 2 Kings and verse 9. When they had crossed Jericho, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Listen to the answer. He says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha said. Verse 11, Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Verse 13, Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, he divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Elisha was not looking for an inheritance. He was looking for a legacy. He asked for a double portion of that which was in Elijah's heart and life. His master had impacted him so much. Elijah's life had a deep impact for the Lord and for the ministry. And Elisha grew up under his master and said, I want to do more with my life. I want to do more. I want to serve him like my master does. It is said that Elijah did seven miracles in his lifetime, but Elisha did 14. Now, that's what he caught from his master. Now, let's go to another example. Elisha also had a disciple. His name was Gehazi. Gehazi watched his master closely. He saw his passion, his heart, his zeal, his ministry. He saw the miracles. He saw a woman becoming pregnant with her master prayed. He saw Elisha bringing a dead man back to life. He saw the master healing Naaman of leprosy. He, Elijah, Elisha opened his servant's eyes to see the angels. He strikes the Syrian army with blindness. He restores the sight of the Syrian army. Gehazi saw all these wonderful miracles. And what do you think Gehazi should have done? You know, if Elisha asked him, Gehazi, what do you want? What do you think Gehazi should have asked? I have a feeling he should have asked for the double of the double that you have. In other words, I want four times more than what Elijah had. Because he saw so many miracles. He has lived under such anointing. He had the choice to seek the anointing. 
I have a feeling one more book would have been added to our Bible had Gehazi been used of God and we could have seen at least 28 or more miracles. Amen. But his heart was driven to something completely different. His heart was driven to something material, something cheap. He went after the gold and the silver and the designer wear. He said, you know, my master left this name in a way and those wonderful clothing that is, you know, the, the designer wear. Oh, I want some gold and the silver and some other clothing and that's what I'm after. We have a generation today, a lot of people in ministry that will go after like Gehazi does. They go after the gold and the silver and the clothing. They miss the anointing. They miss the anointing. They miss the passion. Oh, too, too long. We, we are following leaders. We are following masters. We are following people. We have spiritual fathers. And yet we have a choice whether to ask for double portion or two sets of designer wear. Gehazi could have made a difference with his life in his generation for God, but he lived a selfish life for himself. And the prophet pronounced all the leprosy that Naaman left made come on you. You got your gold, your silver, your designer wear, and the leprosy. Friends, today our children choose between an inheritance and our legacy, between our money and our anointing. And too many people are fighting over inheritance rather than the blessing and the legacy. Fathers, choose today to leave a godly legacy. What kind of legacy can you leave behind? Number one, a legacy of your godly devotion. Your everyday devotion to God will lay a foundation for your children and your grandchildren. Choose to read the word and pray. Your walk with God has an impact on your children. Choose to be devoted to your wife. Be committed to your marriage. As I travel to several countries, especially the Western world, I see many children growing up in homes without a father. The father has already left. He's gone with another woman, a second or a third or a fourth wife. He's gone and the mother is raising all these kids all by herself. The kids are growing to be rebellious. They do not want the God of their father, the church of the father, the scripture of the father, the influence of the father. They don't want nothing. They're trying to go away. And they want to be godless, atheistic, or get to other religion. Because the father walked away. If we don't have a generation following Christ, the blame complete lies on couples. Because we have ego issues. We have fights. We have unresolved fights. We are unwilling to forgive each other and go on in a marriage. Don't walk away from your marriage, fathers. Don't walk away from your wife. And I want to say something to wives today. Your man did not become a father by himself. He became because of you. And I want to say this to the wives. Wives, don't Disrespect your husband, especially in front of your children. Don't shout and scream and belittle him 
and call him names in front of. Don't complain about him to other people. Wives, if you want to say something, will you please say something nice about your husband? I asked people, can you say something nice about Hitler? And people said, he was a great soldier. He was a zealous man. He won victory. And here was a rascal. Here was a man who destroyed the whole world and caused worldwide. And when I asked him to say something nice, they said a lot of good things. He was a great orator. If you can say good things about Hitler, you can say far good things about your own husband. Amen? Look out for the good. Look out for the good and say something nice about him. Wives, please plan to make your home a peaceful home. Be a peacemaker in the house. Some wives are, are uh, militant mothers, you know. They, they, they are always control freaks. They want to control their husband. And the man, after some time getting suffocated, he walks out of the house. At the end of the day, he wants peace. Wives, as your pastor, I want to say this. Be sensitive to your husband's physical, sexual needs. Don't try to control him by staying away from him. You're try, not trying to make him a spiritual or you're spiritual. You're basically going against God's word. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the first few verses. You'll know what I'm saying. He's married to you and you try to control him and you expect him to still be married to you and love you and stay with you. Come on. If he has a need, God has provided you. If you don't provide the need and he walks out, don't blame him. If he walks out of the marriage, don't blame him. This world is a sexual world. And God has provided for couples to take care of each other. Rather than the internet or somebody out there in the office. God has provided you. When you do not take care of that need, you sin against the word and against God. Leave a legacy of devotion, godly devotion. Leave a legacy of your discipline. Your personal discipline will impact your children. Your financial discipline, that you're not getting into debt all the time. Your spiritual discipline, your physical discipline. Some people have discipline to go watch movies all the time. Some are disciplined to exercise. Some have discipline, you know, to party with their friends. Have a discipline that your children can imitate. Number three, a legacy of right doctrines. Fathers, you teach your children the word. If they need to know who God is, who Jesus is, about salvation, about water baptism, about the Lord's Supper, about heaven, about hell. They want to know about tithing, about church, about worship. They want to know about giving to the Lord. They want to know about witnessing. You tell them what the word says. You teach them. As a father, you are their spiritual father too. Number four, a legacy of godly desires. Some fathers are given to wine or to women or to wealth. 
Can you be a father with a godly desire? Your children will pick up the passion. If you're given to vehicles, your kids will love to go after vehicles. If you are passionate about designer wear, your kids will be after designer wear. If you try to act like a superstar, your kids will try to act like a superstar. If you try to be very mean with the people, your kids. If you try to be abusive, they'll be abusive too. If you try to be stingy, they'll be stingy. You are leaving your mark on your kids. So I want to encourage you, be generous. Be kind. Be helpful. Be a father. Someday, you know, someday there'll be a coffin and you'll be probably inside the coffin. I'll be there. There should be people that should come and say, you know, that man helped me. That man helped me. That man made a difference in my life. That man spoke a good word. That man gave me money. That man helped my child get to school. That man helped me restore my marriages. That man was the reason why we are together. That man is the reason why we are having faith in God. Friends, leave a legacy. Don't live for yourself. Number five, leave a legacy of a heavenly destiny. Don't live with earth in mind. Live with heaven in mind. You know, your kids should know someday when my father goes to heaven, goes, goes, that he's going to heaven. Kids should not wonder, oh, I don't know where he's gone. Pastor, please pray that he's in heaven. Don't, don't let your kids come and ask me to pray. Because my prayer is not going to take you from hell to heaven. It's not going to happen. We are not Catholics. Amen. Hello. Yeah, you can't bribe the priest to do that. We believe you have to decide. But how many kids will come and they are not sure if the father had accepted Christ, if the father was walking with God? They did everything religious. They came to church, they did it, but they're not sure deep in their heart if they're a believer. Let your kids know that you love Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is prime in your life as a father. You may not be perfect, but you love Jesus with all your heart. Amen. I'm going to call the worship team. I heard the story of two brothers, two Scottish brothers. One was John, one was David. John had decided, had set his mind to make money and become wealthy, and he did. He was very successful. He was very wealthy. His brother, David, was a medical doctor. He knelt one day and he prayed and surrendered his life to Christ and to the mission work. He went to Africa as a missionary and served there for more than 30 years. This happened 200 years ago. Today, if you were to look at both of them in the Encyclopedia Britannica, you'll find John and David. John who was a wealthy man, but nobody knows about him. Everybody knows about his brother, David Livingston, the missionary to Africa. If you go and search about John Livingston in the Encyclopedia Britannica, it says, John Livingston, brother of David Livingston. What is the legacy? What will you be known for? I want to leave an advice for every father. Live your life, live so that your son when people tell him that he reminds them of you, 
will stick out his chest rather than his tongue. I hope you're getting it. Live your life in such a way that your son, when people tell him that he reminds them of you, he will stick out his chest. Yeah, I'm the son of... Rather than say, stick out his tongue. Will your son stick out his chest or his tongue? That's your choice. I'm going to request all the fathers in our congregation to stand, please. I commend you, fathers. I commend you. I commend you. You work hard. You're a godly person. You're committed to your spouse, to your children. I pray today's message will bring forth a time when you can re-inspect, refocus your life to leave three things, to leave behind an inheritance, a blessing, and a legacy. Will you take a moment to pray? I want you to pray. And if you are falling short in some area, will you say, Lord, help me? Help me to be a godly father. Help me to leave a legacy. Please pray. Father, I thank you for every one of these fathers. In the name of Jesus, I bless them. I bless these fathers, Lord. You have granted them a spouse. You've granted them children. Father, I pray that your richest blessing upon them, Lord. They work hard. They sweat. They earn. They support their spouse. They go through so much of challenges, struggles, pain, stress. Sometimes at the cost of their health or friendship. But they do that because they love their family. I ask, oh God, that you would bless these fathers in the house. And every father that's listening to the, to the voice of my message today. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to grow spiritually. That you bless them professionally. Bless them financially, Lord. Bless them with good health, oh God. Lord, I pray these fathers will have peaceful marriages, oh God. They'll have spouses that will love them and respect them. They'll have homes where they, they are respected as a father. I pray, Lord, for these fathers. They'll be spiritual fathers to their children. Lord, they will leave an inheritance and a blessing and a legacy. I ask, oh God, your richest blessing upon them. Be with them. Bless their spouse. Bless their children. Bless their home. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking time to listen. If you would like more information about our church or would like to make a comment, please mail us at info at newlifeag.in. God bless you.